everyone. Welcome to Zero Fucks Given. I'm Chris DeLuca, joined by Carson Block, founder of Money Waters Capital, and his business partner, Freddie Brick. And today we have a very special guest, the founder of Citron Research, Andrew Left. Andrew, how nice are you today? Nice to see everyone. Hi. Hi. I can't see you, uh, Andrew, because your teleprompter was no. out. <laughs> Guys, put the, take the, okay. All right, good. Yeah, now that now that Krista's teleprompter text is removed. Um, cool. So, Andrew, great to have you on. Um, I know you have a lot to talk about with us. You know, we uh, share some similar perspectives on the world, I'm sure. Um, but I think first thing that was really, you know, like burning in your mind last week when we caught up was uh, Kanye. Well, I just thought it was interesting because, uh, so first of all, I'm Jewish. And I don't think Kanye West deep down is an anti-Semite. He just likes to stir the pot. And he just stirred the pot a little bit too much this time. And what's sad is we take, I think we're actually, as a society, I think we're trying to push this guy to the edge. And in our amusement, it's almost like, a, like, like theater of the absurd. And I hate to say I might be the only Jew who feels bad for Kanye, but I actually do. You know, somebody Ooh. should just, you know, if you see a guy having a little bit of a breakdown, back off a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think now what is bad, what he's doing, I think it's terrible, is I think I don't think blacks and Jews knew they were supposed to dislike one another. Jews were big proponents of the civil rights movement. And for people who are uninformed, who might say, wait, you mean we don't like Jewish people now? Or, you know, there's a riff here and that's not cool. But besides that, if he's, you know, Carson, we know. People love to knock people at their knees, okay? We live in a gotcha society, and, uh, and we're just having fun with this guy, and it's, it's unfortunate. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, if for people offended by him, really the worst thing you can do is continue to talk about him. If you're offended by him, just, like, you know, more or less just kind of kill that and stop making it such a huge social media thing because that's exactly I mean, what he's yeah. week before uh, Sorry, I'm going to take... Hey, Freddie. I'm going to take the other side of this, Andrew, as a Jew. I think that... Um, no, wait, are you taking the other side of the <laughs> Judaism? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I don't know how much Andrew practices, okay? so But, but as a practicing Jew, I'm, I'm going to take the other side of it. I, I think the issue with giving it a pass is that this is a guy with a big platform, and if you don't come down on any form of racism, whether it's anti-Semitism or, or any color or creed that is being heavily criticized by someone who's highly influential, I think it creates an environment where people say, okay, well, that's okay for them to say, maybe there's a safe space here for me to spout out whatever I want. And I think if you iterate that out further, it does lead to violence. However, while I respect everyone else for dropping him, I think Adidas should have stuck by him because Adidas are actually a bunch of fucking Nazis, okay? If you look at the history of the brothers, one of them was not one of the like, oh, we didn't really know what was going on, Germans. He was one of those like, oh, look at that shit over there. I better see if I can get membership to that club. That's really cool. So I have a much bigger issue with all of these German companies. And there's, there's a pretty good book written by a, a Dutch guy about the Nazi billionaires. And it talks about the Quants and um, the Peaches and, and all these guys who are trying to kind of like whitewash what went on in the 30s. 
and be like, yeah, look, a few of our factories did a little bit of this and that. And it turns out a lot of these guys were like pretty serious card-carrying Nazis. So I think Adidas should have just owned it, been like, we were always Nazis. We love this guy's anti-Semitism. It fits rightly with our core values as a German company. And we're just gonna fucking own it. And we're gonna hardcore pivot on the anti-Semitism angle because that's what we are at our core, as opposed to being like, ah, shit, we really don't want to do this because it's about $250 million a year in P&L. Okay, fine. After three weeks, we've decided Friday, this is on, a bad know, idea. Friday, you know better than that. None of us should be judged by our ancestors, okay? We can't use presentism for any of this, which means I, 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 I agree that's true about the history of Adidas 100%. But I can't look at present management and call them Nazis because of it. Okay, it's just, it's just an unfair, it's not an honest thing. But I see what you're saying. So I, I don't know, I mean, the, it's kind of funny, you know, hearing that comment because as Freddie's talking, I'm thinking to myself how, I'm remembering how every now and then when somebody talks to me about Germany and Wirecard or Germany and Stroer, the company we shorted, Germany and short sellers, I've said to them like, look, man, this is the country that started two Carson, world if wars. I was you and I did the and I was in Germany, I would play the Jew card so hard. You have no idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, no, but I'm not crazy, <laughs> I would swear that's the the only way. Like in the U.S., being a white Jewish male short seller, I'm like public enemy number one. If it was Germany and I was and I was right and I short sold the company, oh my God, you would hear. It. I would go so beyond. I would show the pictures of my ancestors who perished. I would I would go out there. We'd be doing documentaries at Dachau and Bergen-Belsen. I mean, it would be off the charts. They would not let me get away with that. I mean, you were that was a path that I had to do the Germany you know, thing. So I, I got that. But at the same time, I mean, it's tough. It's a black mark on their history. They know it. You know, not to go all Holocaust on this conversation. But, you know, obviously it's – I actually went uh, – Last week, I took my daughter to go see colleges. We're in D.C. We went to the Holocaust Museum. And my kids were amazed how present this was. When I explained to them that their grandmother was alive in the U.S., albeit during the time this happened, you know, it's not like everything else you see in a museum seems to be 100 years old, 200 years old. And when they saw the atrocities and they realized, no, like this was alive, this happened during your grandparents' lifetime, it's pretty astounding to them. All that being said... As for Kanye, as for the way we bring people up, as for Adidas had to drop him. As soon as they opened his mouth, Adidas knows that's their third rail. Kanye says anti-Semitic, like, oh, God, here he goes. It's like the last thing we can say. They knew they couldn't stand by him right there. And they obviously, there was an issue beforehand. They took so. a week. Should they, should they launch a Mel Gibson <laughs> shoe? That's the question. Because Mel's back. I mean, they don't let him do anything good now, but no, he's Mel, back. Yeah, but Mel... So, is this an opening well, Mel, for Mel? Like, that's the question. Like, the Passion of the Christ sneaker yeah, or something. I... Well, I mean, what role would you... Mo I'm, I, still, I still most associate him with Lethal Weapon, you know? Like, what was it? Riggs, right? That was the last name yeah. of his character. You know, Bird on a Wire. He probably didn't want Sadly, that. I watched um, that What Women Want, where he, like, has the accident yeah. with the hair dryer, and then he can and hear what can women hear are thinking more. about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So, Andrew, um, you had you. I know you really have a lot that you know, much more substantive to talk about. What do you? Let's get into it, man. Was that it? The Kanye thing? That's it? Oh, well, first of all, it's funny. Let's talk about some things, but never gets talked about. That I'll talk about with you, Carson. The irony. I'll, I'll share some crazy stories. 
uh, like the whole near of short selling, how everything's changed. Okay, let's we can't hide the fact that we're both known as short sellers. On uh, what? So I'll tell you a story that never gets told. Really, what are we now? I was getting divorced in two thousand six. So two thousand seven, I had a short this company, Home Solutions, and I was like all in. I was all in. This this company was going to go dead at zero, or I was going to have to move in with my parents. It was as simple as that. And to think about at the time, I was able to borrow the stock at no borrow fees. There was no such thing as short squeeze. It was a fraud. And I, I watched the stock went from like nine to zero. No, it went to like maybe 12 to zero over 12 months. And as it did, it was a complete zero. But there was no Twitter. So nobody could gang up and do more work. I was the only one who actually, by doing the work, had the information. No one was gaming the market. There was no negative interest, borrow fees, any of that. It's just so crazy how much everything has changed, you know. Uh, I guess for the, I don't know, for the better, for the worse, market functions, whatever it is. It's just wild. You can never be all in right now on anything like that, you know. Right. Well, it's also interesting when you're talking about how there was no Twitter, because looking back, there's kind of the sweet spot. So back around when I started this in this business, 2010, 2011, um, I talked about, and this was really what somebody else had pointed out to me, so this wasn't my, my original thought here, but, um, but I believe very much this idea that the internet democratized investment ideas and research. So you came about because of this democratization. Prior to the, to the internet and the ability to send email, you, know, you couldn't, like none of us could have competed with the prevailing sell-side investment bank voices uh, that talked about stocks. But in retrospect, there was maybe this sweet spot where email was great, right, for short activists. But then once you got Twitter, I mean, we use Twitter to disseminate our information quite a bit, but yeah, it's definitely well, before there was Twitter, it all started with Raging Bull, which was owned by Lycos, if people remember that company. And then after Raging Bull, it was the Yahoo message no. boards, which were huge. And then the Yahoo message boards. When Twitter came around, it kind of ended the Yahoo message board. Yahoo owned finance for a while. It was really weird how they just let that go. The Yahoo message boards were huge. And then it went to Twitter. But that's before. I mean, there was so much. Yahoo message boards, there wasn't like bots or people telling you how to trade and make money. Just people exchanging information. Raging Bull was pretty much all management. It's before when CEOs couldn't believe you could have a forum to talk about their company. It would drive them nuts. There was always the guy on Raging Bull who knew a little too much about the company. <laughs> It was like the IR, the management. Invariably, you can never, like a CEO couldn't deal with the fact like, wait, these people can talk about my company? How is this happening? It would freak them out. You could always like, you would always catch the CEO. Even on big companies, everyone did it. It's the first time it happened. And I don't know what happened to Raging Bull. And, uh, you know, they tried to moderate it and everything else. But when I wrote my first report 22 years ago, 23 years ago, I don't even know how long ago. I'll never forget. I just put it up on Raging Bull and said, is anyone going to see this? Let's see. And that's how it happened. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's kind of funny about the Yahoo message boards. I remember uh, shortly after we shorted that total fraud from China, NQ Mobile, in late 2013, somebody, somebody told me they had a friend who had gone and visited the, quote, co-CEO Omar Khan, in, who was based in Dallas, visited him in Dallas one day in his office. And just he had, like, Yahoo message boards up there and kept, like, checking them during the meeting. <laughs> so it was... That was definitely. Can you uh, imagine? Can you the imagine like, there was a message board CEOs. on you directly, like the cars and message board? How much would it just drive you crazy? So these CEOs now they kind of, 
I, I, I still think the question is, what percentage of CEOs you think put their own stock into Twitter and read all the tweet information on it? I would say, hmm. uh, not like the Fortune 500, but aside from that, 70%, 80%. That high? I would think so. I mean, you've, you've had like random CEOs add you sometimes, right? That's true. I have. That's yeah. That's kind of like a, its own little rabbit hole, right? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of like, I'm not ooh. sure it's because they love short sellers. That's my key assumption there. Right. Well, then when one of the big HFT CEOs added me also, that was a little uh, like, yeah. huh, okay. That's, that's weird. Um, well, listen, man. It, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about with you, we all did. Um, I mean, I think you, you know, you'll understand where I'm going with this. Um, you once had a guy who worked for you who got a chin implant. Oh, yeah. In a fake chin. No. Like, we got to talk about Is that. Is that a real a, story? A chin implant. You mean a chin <laughs> You told me a chin implant. Yeah. I looked them up. I was yeah, no wait. Before before we get into this, all right. There are people in the short selling community we know well who told us that that is a perfectly acceptable implant to get. Oh, that's true. And that if you were going to get any implant, he that, would get that. Implant. And I'm not gonna mentioned that it was Sharon Andal because that would be a portrayal. So he thought it was a totally legit thing to get a chin implant. We think it's very fucking weird. Yeah. So what, to get a chin implant? I think... Yeah, they, so you have, there's a guy who wants work yeah. for you who got like a, got like a fake chin, right? Where okay, is that guy all, now? It wasn't a fake chin. He had jaw surgery. A complete jaw. Nice and going. What's the difference? Wait, Wait that's big. No, you told me this was a But I'll give you one better. I should, I'll say it right here. I had a chin implant. What? What? There no you go. Way. What was wrong you with go, you chin? ready? Google Andrew left and go look at a photo for me. Prevalent? I think I get it then. I don't know the year. I could see it myself. This is even yeah, better. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> this is the best is investigative journalism. Look at photos from me from like, CNBC from like eight years ago, and then go look at it like five years ago, and you'll see it. You'll be like, oh shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. okay. So, so we start so, first. We're and we'll just... we're no, no, but what this is that By the way, sort of. This is the first time I even mentioned I had a chin implant, uh, just because whatever. Uh, but you're, the one you're talking about is the one we both know uh, had a complete like face reconstruction, and he looks great now. So, yeah. Oh, for cosmetic re like not because he wasn't car. Oh no, no, right? he, he just thought it helped him get laid. Yeah, right. He just thought it helped him get laid. So you told me that after he, you know, the way I remember this years ago, said you said he got a fake chin yeah. or something, but. That like months later, he was, he was like, oh, I don't think this was worth it. I still don't have my sense of taste back and my mouth is still numb. Was yeah, this, well, he, uh, I mean, for, for, for people who know me or you do, all that they know who we're talking about, he's a great person. He decided to go ahead and, and yeah. just wanted to look better and, and maybe, uh, you know, get a, a jaw done. I'm and, all for uh, it. And he looks better. And now, by the way, he also now has blonde hair. Like peroxide blonde hair, <gasps> along with the uh, chin, and nice. uh, you know don't, now don't now he's that. handsome and rich and <laughs> charming. So he did, dude. I I gotta yeah. say I I don't think there was anything wrong 
with yeah, your, you can see it. I know your it. I mean, pre-implant chin. I I, 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 when I see it, trust me, I look at pictures immediately. I'm like, well, oh shit, pre-chin, post-chin. You know it immediately. I mean, if, if anything, like if I were if I were a chick and I found out it was post-Valiant and I just kind of thought about the market cap and how much you could get in put options, I wouldn't even care if you had a head, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. be really honest. Yeah. I think that would probably do it for most chicks. Yeah, it does. It does not even LA. Yeah, you know what it was? <laughs> oh, you know what it was? Right? Yeah. I went, I went with my wife to, the, to uh, her plastic surgeon. My wife was doing normal women's stuff, I guess. And, uh, and I just took her to the doctor and I said, uh, Doc, What's up? Like, what do you got for me? You know, while I'm there, while we're here, what's up? And any doctor, it's like, you know, when you're asking a, a hammer what to do with a nail, right? So the doctor looked at me and goes, you know, you have a weak chin. I'm like, fuck, I never really thought about that. Fuck me. Now, now it's going to be in, the, in my mind whenever I look in the mirror, right? So uh, <laughs> he said that to me. I'm like, okay. And then I looked, I'm like, all right, doctor, let's go. So uh, it was the easy procedure. For anyone who's ever had it done, it's a very easy procedure. Well, I once, I actually had to have rhinoplasty. You mean a nose I had job. to have my nose done. I I've knew got, it was going to go back to you. No, I swear to God. You mean a nose job. Well, because my um, my orbital bone got caved in oh playing my basketball. God. But I have Where's to say this, like, after, you know, I've had a bunch of surgeries from various things, like knee, hand, shoulder, and Penis the nose. Surgery. Hand surgery, like <laughs> how much were you shuffling here? You strain ligaments in your hand. Listen, Jeez. man, your bones don't fully thicken until later as adolescence, not early adolescence. Um, but yeah, the the least pleasant one out of all that, I'd say the recovery was actually the the nose one. That was like the that was the one that was the shittiest to recover from. I so. had a nose one, and it wasn't that shitty. No, yeah, because you have to keep those tubes up your nose for like two or three weeks. Fucking sucks. Who fucking who? Listen, you were maybe used to stretching your mouth out for extra big gulps of air at that time, but I wasn't. I don't even know what that means. Anyways, uh, I'm just glad that we've moved off Holocaust and onto more joyous topics, I which know, is which yeah. is always nice with our short sellers. <laughs> I'm a bigger short seller, like the worst fucking job we could ever thought about. I mean, can you imagine? I'm so fortunate. Like, like I can't complain. Bon I have a nice life and, and I don't got a bunch of shit. And the fact that I got this big a short sell, I mean, literally against the market, the government, the people. I'm like, wow, I could have just bought momentum stocks for 15 fucking years. You understand? And made a billion dollars and like no problem, like donated museums. It's the stupidest thing in the world. I, I, I literally found the most difficult way in the world to make a living. So stupid. So, so I have a question on that because we, we were chatting the other day and I was like, man, if, if only you'd have kept on with the self-storage <laughs> thing, forgotten that like the numbers being real, you could have IPO'd the thing, sold like, you know, $50 million of stock. You might have actually been way richer and then plowed it into well, the market. I mean, how much do you fucking hate real estate people? I mean, honestly, let's be honest here. Like, you know, how many times you meet this guy's like rich and like his dad, like, hey, what do you do? Oh, my family's been buying commercial units or prom. Fuck you. I fucking hate real estate people. <laughs> you just buy, patient, wait, give it to your kid, just be rich forever. You fucking vile prick. Oh, I hate and, that. and the tax Go treatment? Go out there, do like, right. you, you guys, oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, the taxes. Oh, you know, they don't pay taxes. Like, they don't feel taxes. pain. Right, yeah. yeah we have, exactly. 
But nothing's worth it. They own real estate. What do you mean? And you always get the same answer. Oh, I don't care because I'm not a seller. Yeah, because you're so fucking rich you don't have to sell. Because your grandpa had it. Your dad had it. I hate those people. And there's so many of them. Fuck. So I had to move out of L.A. In L.A., everyone's just rich from just being alive. I'm alive. My dad's alive. My grandpa was alive. We're just rich. Fuck you. I hate real estate people. Yeah, you don't, you don't get any of that in Miami, I'm sure. Uh, you know, you just get people. I, just, I like people, you know, get your hands dirty somehow. I don't know. Just that, that generational real estate bullshit. I just can't stand it. So what would you have been, do you think, if you hadn't have been a short seller? Mm, that's a good question. A rabbi. I want to be a rabbi for years, Friday. I swear to God, believe it or not. Not to go back to Kanye, but I was going to be a rabbi when I was in high school. Um <laughs> Who knew? I mean, I don't want to be a short seller. You know, people don't even realize. So as you know, from this, uh, you know, I knew all these guys used to work at Stratton Oakmont and all that. People ask how I got started. Like, and the truth was, I met a guy. So I used to do their IPOs. I was like an IPO whore, they called me. And, uh, you know, you get 20,000 shares. It'd go up two bucks, make 40 grand. I was like 23 years old. That's all good, 24. And then I finally met a guy and he said to me, hey, you know, uh, instead of doing the IPO, why don't you just short those stocks? They're all junk anyways. And I'm like, ha, and that's how I did it. What's crazy. <laughs> and, and you know what? And I'll tell you who didn't even realize it himself. So now I know Jordan Belfort. I actually saw him like eight months ago. He came over to interview me, some stupid book he's writing, whatever. If literally the Jordan Belfort Stratton Oakmont thing happened nine months later, nine months, he would have made a billion dollars and never got in trouble. Because that whole thing, so when you saw that story, The Wolf of Wall Street and all that shit, that's around 1996, 95, 96. The dot-com boom starts 1998. 1998, you could bring out dogmeat.com. They could have brought out, and it would have gone from 10 to 70. No support, without any of the manipulation involved. They would have made a gajillion dollars. They would have done every shit internet company without ever getting in trouble. You know, they missed all those schlock firms, missed the Internet boom by 12 months at most. Crazy. That's interesting. The um, I mean, my father was at M.H. Meyerson. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, they had shit IPOs, but yeah, I did those. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't think any of them were. Uh, they were weren't. They missed it. Carson, one or two you understand something? Maybe. They missed the Internet. All these companies went out. In, t- in 97, okay? 95, 96, yep. 97. And the, the uh, Business Week had an article called The Mob on Wall Street, which pretty much put an end to all of these. It was like 96 it could have been. And by the end of 97, all these companies were out. In the beginning of 98, or the end of 97, literally six, six months later, when MH Myerson, every internet stock. So they would have done all internet stocks. But you know what's actually really funny, though? And they, they totally missed the forest through the trees is so they didn't do a lot of Internet company IPOs, but they launched eMyerson.com. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So they, and I think they did sell to somebody. I don't think it was it was post the bubble bursting. So I don't think they I don't think uh, they got a huge amount of money for it. But but yeah, they, they sort of jumped on the so wagon. I, I see a bit of an opening here, especially hearing Andrew go. Oh. <laughs> alongside this business model that we've been thinking about recently. And I see a need for a charismatic face. I mean, he mentioned he almost became a rabbi, so just Mm. a slight tweak on that. Uh, Yeah, okay, so 
we agree that short selling is just many ways a shit business. Um, and so we were we were sitting around this past weekend, once again trying to think of what we should do when we grow up, and we realized that we should launch a business selling a particular type of insurance, and that insurance policy is to insure. Well, it's rapture insurance. It's insurance. To but I think we got to talk about the okay. book as well to give it some context. Okay. So a friend of mine who's not really a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he likes you. I took him aside. We had a chat. He really likes him. No. Okay. Um, it's not terribly devout Christian. Has parents who are, and they purchased a book written by a pastor, probably a pedophile, in in Amarillo, <laughs> and the book is a guide for heathens who will be left behind when the rapture occurs and is for how to survive the tribulation. So we, we were thinking about that and, you know, like very, you know, it's very generous for somebody in Amarillo to provide that, you know, foresight and, and advice. So I'm sure he, you know, understands a lot about the world. And um, anyway, but then we thought, well, what else could you give a loved one who is going to be left behind in the rapture? And maybe really what you want most of all right now, this moment, is peace of mind, knowing that you've provided for your loved one after you get taken up and they're stuck here, uh, hell on earth. So um, what do you think, man? Mm. You want in? Not my thing. I am looking for life after this. Though. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to say, you know, when this is done, I mean, you know, we could have a market that does... I mean, if you listen to Druckenmiller, it's probably one of the smarter macro guys out there. We're just going to do nothing for the next seven years, right? Well, I know we can do a stock picker's market, but I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with my time? I mean, how many of my time? I mean, you know, I can't, if I take my kids to school every day, I'm going to fucking kill myself. So. That's a wrap. You know, go hell, have, you know, people left behind. Where I go, it is what it is. I'm not, I don't, I don't think about it that deep, you know. I do think about what the hell I'm going to do that. He's not that deep. That's what he's saying. So you're out. Okay. He's out. Collecting he's collecting premium <laughs> no. in the afterlife. Okay. Yeah. He's out. It's not his thing. Not my thing. It's okay. It's not his okay. thing. Okay. I mean, listen, it's not just payable in US dollars. It's not a scam like that. Obviously, USD would be useless after the rapture. It's payable in cans of tuna and other oh. highly fungible items like that. So, I mean, don't. You know, I don't know. If I, I, I did that's it, not it, your get regulated today, anyways. Let's see if to see what cracked down and say I was selling <laughs> fucking death insurance, and next thing you know, whatever. So you know, I can't even get that shit. This did come up, and the answer yeah. is we sell the token for it, or the sure, cryptocurrency yeah. for mm. it, for the insurance policy. Yeah. Then we can probably mostly stave yeah. that off, especially since the rapture is apparently pretty close. That's what I understand. We're in uh, end of days now. And why not? Everybody, everybody sells everything these days, so why not? You know. Exactly. So what are you going to do? That's a good. Yeah, that's a good it sounds like well, you're yeah. back. You're, you're back what to are short, you? You're back to shorting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's not give him a pass for that. He quit shorting at historically the best time in the history of Earth ever. Oh, thank you, Fred. Yeah, appreciate it. To leave short selling. I appreciate that. <laughs> what do you mean? If it wasn't for me, if it wasn't the, for me I, saying I quit shorting, the market would have never turned. I mean, everyone's showing me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, 
A lot of money though, to be on this No, all, all jokes aside, that was a particularly miserable and dark period. Like how genuinely... So listen, like, here's what people don't know. Do you but look don't back forget, on so that? Here's what, here's, what, here's what now everyone knows that you didn't know at the time. I swear to God, and this is the first time I'm saying this, on the morning that I made a video saying I'm stopped short selling because the whole GameStop nonsense was the morning the FBI went into my house. Okay? I swear to you, I made that video from Florida. When I finished making the video, I pressed stop. I put it up. 15 minutes later, I get a phone call from a friend who was staying at my house in LA saying, hey, well, you just had some visitors. Okay? How crazy is that? Had no idea. So talk about validating what I, my decision I just made anyways, right? And... And I keep thinking, I'm like, wow, you think the government would actually realize it? I'm like, nah, you know, they would actually see because if, if they actually went, they would see the time they entered and time it was made. You'd realize, no, you know what I'm saying? But those two circumstances happened within 15 minutes of one another. So it's just wild. But it, it gets to a point for me at the time, Freddie, and, and I knew that. But, you know, I have a wife and I got a bunch of kids and shit and I'm fine. And the business has been good to me. So at some point. I don't have as much fire in me as I used to. I just looked at the family. I said, I know, relax. Okay. Your dad won't stop fighting. You know, I fought Hong Kong for years. I fought so many lawsuits for years. And then this happened. And then the Fed happened. And then everyone's like, dad, aren't you tired of this? I'm like, yeah, I am a little bit tired of this, you know? So, and it didn't mean, and by the way, I shouldn't have because I still short sell. I still shorted in my accounts, right? I just wasn't as vocal about it. And uh, I don't like, Freddie, to be honest with you, I just don't like the way the world is right now. You know, even if you, everyone gets trolled, you know, and it's one thing you were trolling me, they were trolling my kids. And when they started to troll my kids, I'm like, oh, God. And then my wife and everything, I'm like, what's the end goal? If this is where the world's going, you know, you win. Are you happy? You fucking win. You push me out. Now, in reality, you know, I see all, a lot of guys have done great work on the short selling side. For some reason, I became some, like, enemy, which is fine. And you remember the GameStop thing, or like I said, because I'm a, a, a white Jewish male, I'm an easy target enemy, you know, would have been the same. Well, I'll tell you what I should have done. I should have found someone who's like, you know, I should have been like, a, you know, if I was like a, you know, a green transvestite or whatever else and said I was a short seller, everything would have been a lot easier. No one could get mad at me. Right. But I, I was like, was that your Halloween costume? For some reason, I'm like the perfect enemy and I got it. I got it. Joke's on me. Ha, ha, ha. Fuck you. Big deal. Let's go. Right? That's it. And then that was it. So, yeah, I agree with you, Freddie. It was, it was like the worst time. And a shooting fish in a barrel. But, you know, but if you knew, it was. But for a while, I was short these fucking names. Like, you know, if you look at a company like an upstart. I don't know if you ever short upstart, Carson. I have no problem saying it right now. Stock was like 25. The IPO at 25. Stock's a fucking joke. A short stock at like 150. Stock was like 380 in like two weeks or two months. You got to have a huge balance sheet. I'm not Citadel. I mean, it's, to stay short those names, you have to be the most perfect short allocator, which is impossible for any of us. Or you have to have a balance sheet that a $10 billion hedge funder bigger does. Then that's fine. You could otherwise fucking Peloton. I was short Peloton, the biggest fucking joke of all time. Stock went to $160, Peloton. $160. When you're shorting at 80, you're like, oh, God, I have no problem here. 120, 140. At what point? You said, mercy, mercy. So, yeah, you make some money on the way down. But it wasn't, even though it was easy, you know, you have to keep all of that in perspective on all these names. They, they ran over you. Yeah, no, it, it, it sucks. It, it, it sucks. And ever since 
Oh wait, they're just on asymmetric type structures that really allow you to do what made 08 so lucrative for short sellers. I mean, I'm not sure that it's been a particularly lucrative year, even this year for short sellers. Well, actually, yeah, wanted to get your thoughts on this. From our perspective, a lot of the shitcos are not doing that that badly um, in the market. It certainly seems like it's much more about the large caps, the S&P 500 names taking shits this year than it is, you know, the the smaller ones. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you you kind of seeing it the way we're seeing it. What do I you agree. Listen, it's been a, uh, I mean, obviously, it's easy to look at stocks that have gone down now. And if you could time them properly, you know, say, okay, look, we timed it properly. It's a tougher game. Because the market's been totally gamified. I understand that. You know, you can't find one stock, completely lay into it, and it's going to go down. Who knows what happens tomorrow, right? And, and I know what you're saying, some of the shit goes. It hasn't been as easy as, as it should have been this year, no. And don't forget, and also, if you, especially if you're, if you're long stocks, because, you know, you're, you're assuming the fact that you have a, a book that you own some things that you're down in as well, Right. So you want to make money. If your shorts are going to be down 50%, you hope your longs are only down 10, 15%. And if you're not long anything, you're just short. Well, I hope you're just in business this year because if you're in business any year before this, you didn't have a business. So, you know, I hate Carson. There's nothing worse when people say to me, oh, you must be loving this year. You're a short seller. You have to be killing it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. What about the past fucking 20 years? You haven't said a word to me, you know? What do you think? I just like woke up this year? People, nonsense, fucking losers, you know? With the simple-minded people when you see them. You know what I'm saying? When you walk into, like, people know a short seller. They walk into a restaurant like, oh, you must love this market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I called the fat. I said, here, why don't you guys have a point so I can go short? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking morons. So, yeah, but, but speaking of that, I mean, you were saying right before we started recording that you get recognized every yeah. now and then. And then you got, you I don't got know how. The other and I've done something like I did like a, the Netflix thing lately, or uh, you know it's that chin I think you know. Uh, <laughs> of course, it's, it's the, the chin. chin. There you go. If you took it out, yeah. nobody would know you. You could just like sink back into anonymity. So why are you getting recognized? Do you have a silicon chin? I don't know what they put it. It's like a little fucking packet. Like imagine like a, I think it's like this. I think it's like a from what I know. Like imagine like a, a like a thing of what is it? Dip? What's the shit people put in their mouth like that? Like a you know because I'm glad that that's a thing. Yeah, the right dip. There. The, that makes yeah. me look like Cary Grant, right? Huh. The dip. Okay. So, so I mean, fuck it. I gotta go deeper but, but, on the chip. But what about? Hang on. I think. I mean, are you aware of all the product liability lawsuits filed because I'm waiting for you to write first? something and then I could sue them. <laughs> if all of a sudden, like your chin deforms on this, we're gonna use There's it. There's not a lot Look, of chin. I'm, I think you just need to keep, you know, objects that weigh like 100 pounds or more off yeah. your face. <laughs> You know, it's funny because if you look at all these, I know I just saw a line, which is true. I talked about, imagine how vain I had to be to get a chin implant. And that's before Zoom or anything else. So right now I'm looking at myself for the past, what, however long we've been talking. Normally when I get a haircut, I go nuts. I got to look in the mirror for like 20 minutes when I get a haircut. It's amazing that through Zoom now, we're looking at ourselves for an incredible amount of time. You never look at yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you, I don't know if you feel old Carson, but like I, sometimes I walk past the mirror. And I'm Actually, like, who the fuck is that guy? You ever do that? I've been looking at myself this morning. Yes. 
Yeah, right. he was so looking at himself. So I was on the camera, and this guy did something like this. And I'm like, what Checking the fuck? Checking out this morning in the, I mean, gotta look sharp before I walk in the office, right? There's not a lot going on upstairs. It's important to look good, even if you don't know what's fucking crew, going on all the time. It was unbelievable. I'm like, does he think he's fucking Fabio? <laughs> like, I, I don't even know what was happening. I was so embarrassed for you. But like, you know, cause which, you guys- Which Zoom was this? No, 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 no. Just, it was the just, camera. Just no matter what. I was oh. trying to do, you know, and I see the Preddy go like, I'm like, is he kidding me? Yeah. Mm. Her and that major hair vanity. Mm -hmm. Well, mm. you both aged since- Carson, you ever walk- Carson, you ever walk past the mirror, take a glance at yourself and just like, oh my God, you forgot you're that old? Like, you look at yourself or, no. He's pretty young. Actually, you don't have gray, you don't um, have gray no, hair either. Me, you dye I, your hair, Carson? No. No. No, There's I'm, a get, lot I'm of, getting the grays. So we've talked debate. about, yeah. like, because he was like, should I dye my hair? And I'm like, dude, no. Yeah, I'm like, because, you know, I hate the fake thing, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing, like, TV, you it, know. It and, didn't hurt Bill I don't know. No it one knows who you Ackman. are, I, like I mean, this I guy. Bill Ackman had that hair when he was in, you know, in grade school. Bill wears it well. He wears it well. He does. He does. But I, I mean, when did like he must have? He was he must have been prematurely gray, right? Like one of the. I heard Steve it was the morning he read Andrew's Valiant report that it just literally went white overnight. I heard that uh, pubes as well. That's what Fuck rumor. Up, rumor. I uh, I saw Bill, and by the way, I you know I give the guy a lot of respect. He's got huge. Any one of his businesses got balls the size of Bill. It's like come on, it's a business of guys people with big balls. That's it, you know, and. Uh, so I think Valiant happened October or something like that, November, like October. I bumped into Bill in Cabo in December at a party. And my friend's like, hey, you know, Bill's here. I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. Okay. And uh, so why not? I had a drink, two drinks. I go, hey, Bill, how are you? And he looked at me and he, goes, and he said, I think the stock's still like 120. And, and I was still short, not a lot, some, maybe it was 110. And he says to me, hey, Andrew, I hope you covered that short because the thing's going right back. <laughs> and I actually, I don't think, I thought, it's a lot of confidence. And let's it be like, fuck, I fucked up. You know, I'll give you, I'm going to tell you, it's ironically enough, Value Act, who owned a lot of the stock, I spoke to their PMs there, and they actually went back with me to, so they could improve their processes, saying, hey, where did we make mistakes? And we walked through together. It was a great, amazing thing, just like to watch it done, to watch the humility in them. You know what I'm saying? Say, so, hey, we fucked this up. To say, hey, yeah. but, but Bill, then, Bill is full on. Like that, you know. Well, well, Andrew, hold on. Yeah, I know that, then, that's interesting what you say about the community of, of Value Act. Because then he was balls deep in Nicola. No, that's that's different. Like Jeff Oven. So you're talking about different people. Jeff left Value Act afterwards, and it's run by, is it Mason Moffat? Oh, so it no, wasn't no, no. Jeff, Jeff who came there to was you. Was Jeff like, Mason was, was the guy who was running Value Act at the time. Jeff left and okay. did his, uh, okay. I agree with you. I saw Jeff on CNBC. By the way, Jeff, better hair than Bill Ackman. Wears it incredibly well. He's Bill Ackman with a little attitude. If you see Jeff's hair, a little scruff like that, same kind of uh, gray and uh, salt and pepper hair. <laughs> huh. Well, no wonder he's done so well for himself in life. Yeah, it turns out that all these analytics and stuff that LPs look at for us, Really, if they just went full in on the follicle deep dive, 
they would know that that's what counts. I mean, that Greg Coffey, the macro dude who used to work more more capital, great fucking hair. I, you know what? I'm I'm really seeing some uh, correlation here between hair quality and returns. Did you say correlation? Well, I don't know if it's hair quality and returns, but I'll bet there's a AUM. correlation. AUM. <laughs> yeah. Hair quality and AUM. Dude, this that's, fucking problem. That's Steve Cohen's got shit hair. You've been the one on CNBC on these years. Steve Cohen what? has shit hair. Who has? Uh, Renaissance. Well, he actually puts up numbers, hair. though. Drucker yeah. Miller's got shit hair. Ken Griffin's got what? pretty good hair. Ken Griffin's pretty good hair. Yeah. There's no hair. What about Izzy? Who? Good hair? Izzy Englander, good hair? Uh, Dan Loeb's got decent hair. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You're a quant guy. Yeah. You're, you're, also, quant you're talking guy. about guys who put shit up. hair. There you go. Quant guys have shit hair. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny because, yeah, like I became friends with the quant guy several years ago in San Fran, and he had good numbers, but he never had that much in AUM. But he had really? good hair. Really? So that's probably that's probably yeah, yeah, he had good Bush, hair. Like if you were meeting you know, a guy to give well your money too. to, you ready? If you were a capital allocator, does his hair make a difference? No. Well, would you care if he had no, a son? But the question is whether we does he? Well, I think there's. So there was a study that came out a few years ago that showed an inverse correlation between, well, I, don't know if, I guess you don't call it inverse correlation, but uh, for managers who drove sports mm -hmm. cars, their performance tended to be the worst. And for those over really? time, and for those who drove minivans, they had the best performance. And that shows how long ago you read that study because yeah. like a sports car mattered then. Now, like every 26 year old who owns three cryptos can have a sports car. It's like whether you have a G6. Well, I think it's what you, you drive, drive, not what you have, what you drive. Huh, interesting. Huh. I, so, so like, I don't know where I am in that with a, you know, like a- You're confused. Well, yeah, it's like in between a minivan and a well, sports Well, what do you car. drive, Carson? Um, I've got a uh, Cayenne Turbo. You know what? I, it's funny you say that. I used to have the Cayenne Turbo. Do you have the one with the uh, the the back? The what is it called? Yeah, the the coupe. You have that the car, coupe, right? I had that car yeah. until my daughter told me it's a bit feminine for me. <laughs> my daughter. I love that car. So this, I loved it. So, and when, I, when my daughter was 18, now she at the time she was like 15, she, and she called said, you know, Dad, why do you drive a grocery pusher? I said, what are you talking about? It's a Cayenne <laughs> Turbo with the, with the coupe back. I thought it was dope. What color is yours? Like, I had the chalk blue. one. You know that chalk color? I thought, it was, I, I thought the car oh, was okay. nice, right? Fast, everything. And my daughter demasculated me. I'm like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> well, the so the thing with the thing that like I'm not I'm not sold on it. I might I also have a Land Cruiser, but I, I don't drive that much. But I'm but I actually feel like I like the Land Cruiser better. Um, and so before this, I was driving a Panamera Turbo, and that was a lot sportier than the Cayman or than the Cayenne rather. Like the the Cayenne just I don't know, man. It it doesn't it it just doesn't really drive that. And it doesn't drive that amazing. I got to tell you, it's not the, the Panamera. Definitely drove more like a sports car. Yeah. How about you, Freddie? What do you drive? Um, I own oh. an e-scooter. Um, so I, you know, allocators, if you're watching, fucking get some of this. That's that's really high up on the ESG scores. Uh, but my wife drives um, a Range Rover Sport, which. You know, we test drove the 
the even girlier one. What's it called? The McCann. And I gotta say, the Porsches, like the 4x4s, much better drive. I just fucking love the sound the Range Rover Sport has. We got the like fully souped up. I actually scuffed the rims this week, which my wife is delighted <laughs> about because I endlessly rib her. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great looking car. It kind of drives like shit, unless you're going in a straight line fast, in which case it's great. They're not bad. I mean, I, I compare it my so my wife has a Range Rover, um, yeah. but the the full size and. And it, it's much more nimble than the Land Cruiser. I mean, the steering is much lighter touch. Yeah, it's like but, 2x the price. Um, I'd want a little What does he care? He's a fucking hedge fund touch. manager with a successful track record. She'll drive what the hell she wants to drive. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies. Uh, so have you always been what? into cars? What's, what's the coolest car you've ever had? Yeah, you're cool. I don't know. He's the coolest car I ever have. It's probably right now I drive a, uh, well, I don't drive it all the time, but I, I, I'm into my 1987 uh, SL convertible Mercedes. You know those? Remember those? Oh, those are so nice. They're just car. cars because it's the last of the, if you like cars, it's still a vintage car. The license plate actually says antique, but it's comfortable. You can drive it. has the big steering wheel. It's fun. So that's, uh, you know. No, uh, you know other cars, whatever. I'm not in other cars. Oh yeah, I love. Right I now, love just those. No reason to become a, a victim, you know. So when I was in high school, like I had, I wanted to get one of those, but have it like tricked, have it hot rodded, basically, like you know, bore out the engine block, etc. I mean, is yours modified no, in a way, no, no, or the only just thing basically it's done is original, um, the Bluetooth stop. inside the cars, and they're great cars. I mean, honestly, if you have, uh, you know, especially if you're in California, so you don't deal with weather, put it the top up and down is a pain in the ass. Remember, because you used to, have to clip it like that. Yeah, but they're fun if you like vintage. I love vintage anything, so it's it's great. It gives you that vintage feeling, but they're fun to drive. Right on. Yep. Always wanted one of those. Cool. See, I'd say I'd um, buy you one, Carson. But if I said I'd buy you one, next thing you know, people be like, left buying Carson a car. Why is he buying Carson a car? I don't know. <laughs> the FBI right? will seize Why it. Why is left yeah, buying Carson a that. car? Ah, it was his fucking birthday. It was his I birthday. Don't get him a car. Fuck me. <laughs> Actually, you, you know what I had until uh, about a year ago? I had bought um, a, a 2002 Thunderbird convertible. So it's like that's turquoise. I throw that I thought I never heard that. Keep going. Oh, it's such a... <laughs> You're not supposed to say that it's vintage. 2002. Fuck. Give me a fucking car. Give me a proper fucking weak. car then. Okay. 1962 is vintage. Okay. 2002 Thunderbird. It's, it's so much a bad car that even Ford after three years said, oh, fuck, we can't make this anymore. <laughs> oh. I think that car only had three years of Ford. Ford actually built the car to scrap it after three years because no doubt at Ford wanted to drive the car. Like, oh. I drove that car from L.A. to San Francisco. To San Fran, yeah. I was so and excited. That, and that one driving. person looked at you. <laughs> um, people looked at me, but uh, yeah, Dude, it, I mean, it's, like it's, I was. It's a hot car, man. I I, I don't, don't know. Like I was so excited about it, and then I was like, wait, what kind of music am I gonna look? Like it had a like, it didn't even have a CD player. What about a cassette? Did it have a cassette? It had a cassette, but I was like, fuck, I didn't. Who 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 has any cassettes? <laughs> See, it's vintage. 
And he's like, it's vintage. You're going to love and, it. Andrew's car is a cassette player. It has a cassette player. I don't use it, though, but it has a cassette player, no doubt. Maybe, maybe Carson, you'll make me a mixtape. <laughs> there we go. Anything um, else that we should just end yeah. with? All right. So we had some other. So we had some other things written on the board here. Um, we didn't even go with my beautiful thing here. Oh, oh, you're oh, actually Krista does. She feels like she has something really important to add. On. I, Krista, I don't actually. Kanye West hires a former FBI agent. Hold on. Who cares? You didn't tell us what you drive. What do you drive? I don't want to say. Oh, this, this is a subject of discussion. She gets co-rolled frequently. Do I? Yes. Um, it's a, a stupid shit car, according to Carson. No, I, I call it a phone booth on wheels. I don't call but it a stupid not, shit car though. because that would be sexist, and I'm not going to be sexist. You are though. Go for it, Krista. By the way, I think it's an okay car. It, it's fine. It just doesn't work with the modern world. And, you know, we live in Texas. Oh, yeah. So, well, okay, Texas, well, I was in California. everybody's got, you know, pickup truck that's twice as tall as I am. And It's so a Mini she, Cooper. She drives so, a Mini Cooper. But when I was in California, when I moved from New York, I'm like, oh, what do I want? I want you a You know what? Mini I like Cooper. Mini Cooper. It's a key car. Like, the only is... problem is that everyone on the road, everybody drives and texts. Like, I, my daughter, I just saw her walk by my house. They don't text and drive. She's like, that's all you do. I know, right? So... I want to be in a, in a safe car. And Mini Cooper looks like just a clown car. Yes. I know the guy back if he's texting and driving. I know. Well, I know. I mean, everyone's texting and driving. I don't want to be in a Mini Cooper. But they're very nice cars. Yeah, but it's it's a lot. I got to tell you, though, it's a lot cheaper than, like, the three-month severance and a contract and stuff. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. No, no, no. Shut up. No, but that's exactly what that's exactly what I told her is that. Yeah. What did you say? No, when you... You this, said, this is the fucking gayest car. <laughs> everybody's going to know you're a lesbian. This is so fucking gay. No, lesbian. No, <laughs> He's like, you've got to get the fucking rid of I'll this. I'll tell you what. A lesbian car will do much better in an accident with an F-150 than your piece of shit will. <laughs> like, you know, go you know like, like a four-star and out back. Like, those are good, safe cars. Those are like. That's what every other lesbian drives. That is It's got a lot of room in the back for the walking stick. So. Keep on going, buddy. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Keep on I've never going. seen either of those cars in one of their movies. So I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I know. The lesbians I know have no money to even. All right, the I'm, ones I've seen are all we are gonna, school teachers we are gonna, and nurses. Well, well, I know. Well, there's, there's yeah. There's no, we've got to cut this all out. Because <laughs> I'm going to have no friends. <laughs> I have little friends to begin with. But your Twitter could you. blow up. But my Twitter is going to blow the fuck up. You're the We're, Twitter. I am the Twitter. So what do, what do you make of uh, Elon taking over Twitter? You think uh, he's going to eat shit on like the 25 yards he's put that into that? So or crazy. you think I'll be honest going to be in a real monster? Well, well, and I really think everyone has their own opinions. I think he wanted to own, I think he put that out there. I think Elon had did not want to sit in a deposition. And I think he just spent all that money because he didn't want to deal with the legal part of it. You know, maybe he could have paid the breakup fee. His ego is enormous. You know, could he? Well, that's not how a breakup fee works. I don't even know. You know what? I'm surprised it went through. God, I mean, fucking A, God bless this guy. I, I, when I say that, I know Carson, you're not a fan. And I just cannot get over the fact of what he does. Like, what, how does this fall? You know, when you wake up, you go, oh, text me or who called me, right? Well, you're running SpaceX, Tesla, boring, Twitter, Neuralink, family, eight kids, three wives. I mean, he's going to wake up and be like, fuck me. I mean, 
how does that work? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have no idea how he does it. And, and, and it looks like he tries to flip at the same time. You know, he's like here and there. Like, does he have like three phones and five people who like feed him the information? I mean, how does it go? And to bite off, now it was a lot. I, I, I had that reference. I made it like a month ago. The fact that you add on Twitter now. So it's Twitter, SpaceX, Neuralink, boring, Tesla, life. I mean, and not to mention the pressures of being Elon Musk, right? I mean, imagine every day the amount of interviews or people that have to, you know, whatever it is, government, whatever. I mean, I can't even imagine you, like, your head wants to explode. So the fact that he takes that on voluntarily, I don't even know where to go with that. God bless him. Fuck. You know, the crazy part is, 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 is normally I can, I can legitimately say, and I have respect for the guy, I wouldn't want to trade places with him. Well, that's because he's like a little bit fatter and whiter. Yeah, you know, I don't think, I mean, he's doing, I just don't think, but I'll tell you one thing I did read Carson and, and Freddie, and not to get like deep and serious and all this shit, and it's so obvious. You know, I get so fucking, anyone who's in the markets, you get so tied to these numbers. You know, what's my high mark? And now I'm here and I was here. And you were tied to numbers. And we're also fortunate to be alive. And I don't know why. Some On my Instagram just popped up the other day. Some like motivational guy says, would you trade places with Warren Buffett? And I'm like, no, because he's, he's 91. And if you're reading this, exactly. He'll definitely trade places with you. So why is it when we look at life, we so worry about money. So we understand that immediately you say no way. On a macro scale, we all understand that money doesn't mean everything. We know it immediately, that answer. No one even pauses for that answer. goes, hmm, let me think about it, right? Everyone's like, no fucking way. But when we live our lives, we spend so much time worrying about that micro. I spend so much time worrying about that number. How do I get that number higher? How do I get that number higher? Instead of doing something that, you know, enjoying life. It's so obvious on a macro, but I can't seem to function it on a micro. It's so amazing to think. And no one pauses with that. If, so if you ask anyone, two, no one pauses. There's two things there. All right. There's two things you've touched upon that I think are really interesting. One is about wealth. And it doesn't matter who you are, you kind of never feel wealthy unless you're at your top tick. It's a very perverse, weird thing where you have a couple bad months and you're finally like, ah, I'm not super wealthy. You're kind of creaming it and moving away. You, you feel wealthy. It's a very, very strange thing even though like most fund managers aren't going to touch that pile of money that they love to go to the ATM and look at it. It's a weird psychological thing. The second thing is how you're right. Capitalism condenses, it condenses everything into units. And then we totally forget the time element on anything. Cause like we're all going to be on this earth for like, someone actually told me like the number in weeks, you know, if you're a certain amount of age, it's like a thousand weeks. And I'm like, fuck like that really sucks and it's weird because you don't think about it and you're right now the the one caveat there is if you have a lot of money you can shorten a lot of shitty time spent like you have a lot of money you can have i don't know your house clean your car cleaned all the shitty time you don't want to spend on things you don't want to do like you know that helps but once you get beyond a certain point it totally just makes you not think about how you're spending your time and like focused on a stupid it's fucking number about this job. You know, the one, you're never actually going to Anyone who does this for a living, I wish, you know, when you have a business, you build your business, your storage facilities, let's say. You build them, you buy more storage, you go to work every day, you employ your people, and then one day a private equity comes around and they say, hey, we're going to pay you X amount for storage. You go, fuck me, really? I'm making this much money. It's great. And you got to build it. 
being tied to a number, investors, quarterly, annual, it's just such everyday pressure, ups, downs. It really takes more mental strain just to, to, to stay level-headed through the whole thing. Well, look, some of what you're saying I agree with, but the... Fucking... Um, something I think I'm, I'm just very positive. We've been talking. The market got shellacked. And it's getting shellacked more after hours. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the... Uh, yeah. One of the things that I think personally I am very... I'm very conscious of and have been for some years is my time and not wasting it. And um, I already felt this way before I sat down with this one friend, but probably 10 to 12 years ago, um, a friend of mine was telling me how they'd just gone to see um, this one, um, yeah, this one friend, you know, same age as I was at the time. So I was, you know, mid thirties and, um, and this friend is, you know, probably this is gonna be the last time that uh, he gets to see her. And, um, you know, he just said something to me. He's like, see, that's, you know, we don't know how much time we have, but whatever it is, life is too short to spend your time doing things that you don't enjoy doing. And so, you know, I, I, I completely agree with that. And yeah, this business has its, you know, it has its moments that suck, like clearly. And, you know, we can talk about how it is a very difficult business, but Reality, I mean, I, I do it because I want to do it. I think you did it because you wanted to do it. And it's not the money. I mean, money is part of it. But, and that's one of the things I really hate when you get that popular criticism of guys like us. It's like, oh, these greedy, these greedy fucking short sellers. Oh, they do it for money. It's like, yeah, listen, man, it's like we say and we know there are much easier ways we could Fuck be making yeah. money. So if it were money... It, we wouldn't be doing this. And like any other job in the world, like there's a pride that you take in it. There's an enjoyment that you derive from it. Um, and yeah, look, if, if, this, if this job were or ever became just about the money for me, then fuck this, I'd be out of here. Anyone so, who um, knows this, so yeah, the I, best part about our business, I don't know if people are watching this, I don't know who's watching it, whatever, but. Fuck it, fuck it. The best part about a business is you, well, the is is you learn so many, you learn so much that if you go for dinner, like when I go for dinner with those fucking real estate jerk offs, I told you I hate, right? They're morons. They know nothing. They're like, well, you know, our cap rate, we've owned this building in Santa Monica for 22 years and our cap rate, fuck you. Okay. When you do our business, you learn so much. Right on a daily basis, your brain just absorbs, and you know what's happening in the world in different industries, and it just makes you appreciate the world around you because you know so much more about it. Versus being so channeled and focused on my buildings that I own, that my grandfather, my father, and now you know whatever, and and and, and you actually feel. But I, I don't know if that makes us happier. You, like that's the thing. I I often they think are happy because we all we we sit at dinner. And everyone's like, wow, how do you know all this shit about all these different things? And you're like, well, I mean, I read. Okay, and then and they're like, oh, because we just know fuck all about, about this they're much thing. But I don't know if it makes oh. me happier. I think I might be 10 times happier in my, like, my no, grandfather's no. grandfather, grandfather. By the way, the question, <laughs> you, know, it's you know what? You're right, Freddie. It seems like knowing it does make you more miserable. Trust me, it does. But... Making you fulfilled and miserable are two different things. 
Okay. So the, the point is I might be miserable, but I'm very in touch with my misery. <laughs> and I know. Which you two are. <laughs> right, no, I mean, so. look, I, look, I've always say that I'm not happy unless I'm unhappy. Of happy. course. He says that every day, and actually, that's the way he like, lives his like life. That's, you know, when people, yeah, when I get asked like in interviews, oh, so why do you do this? And it's, you know, and I say personality flaw, but the flaw is, and I suspect this is true for you. Carson, how about you were on CNBC um, last week, and some fucking lady says to you, so uses the word death threats. Do you know what I'm talking about? I saw you on TV, and the lady said that to you. I don't know who it was. Yeah. And I wanted to, like, jump to the screen and grab her by her neck. First of all, why would you say that? On, there's no reason to even say that on TV, right? What you could said is people who don't like, troll. You could have said a million different things, especially when you see what happened with Pelosi, right? Yeah. There are a lot of, you know, I, I always tell people with the weird part of what we do, I said, trust me, I don't think I'm doing God's work or anything, but, you know, I look at a John Lennon and I was a big Beatles fan and John Lennon's great and fucking the fact that Mark David Chapman's one whack job, one whack job just changes the course of history, Right. You, all you need is one crazy look with Pelosi. This guy shows up with ties with him and is going to be the hammer. You know, crazy, right? So if there's anything the media should do, it's just not encourage that one person. Okay. Assuming those people exist, fine. We understand that's a hazard, right? You might think your stock went down because of me, not because it's a piece of shit stock. Fine. Whatever. The last thing I need is the media to encourage that and say that. The fact that CNBC would put that out in the universe, I'm like, what are you doing even saying that? Well, number one, there's a salacious element to it, so they're they're going to put that in there. But the reason I didn't mind it, and I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but it shows when it shows that this is not just something you do for money. That this is not this you know bowl of cherries, or that we're all sitting here laughing our asses off at every second because we're making money. Like it's you know what I what I feel like being honest about that and having had death threats really since day one, I mean, I think literally since day one, I think being honest about that is making the point that like, this is a hard fucking business and like, we're not doing it for the money. You know, there's something, there, there are other reasons we do it, other reasons we find it fulfilling. That, you know, and just to make it, yeah, because I, I that I is this- that is this misperception. I did it for the What's money. What's that? <laughs> no, but I got it. But I did it for the money still. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> Listen, like I said to you, if I wanted to do God's work, I would have been a rabbi. But I'm not. I did this. Strictly for the money. And I found the most, and I found yeah, the most difficult way. Of, you would have done that for the, the most difficult well. way of making money. I mean, I'm looking right now after hours. Roku's $44. I was short Roku at $45. I think it went to like $500, $400, some stupid number. It's right back to $45. And the whole time, everything that I thought about this, everything, every stock that's now come back, it's taken six fucking years or seven years. But everything, every thesis that I ever had has completely, I think I've wrote, I've studied Wayfair so much. Wayfair, Wayfair. So I went to like 300. It's back at like 30. Duh. So it would have been great if you were to give me a, uh, you know, the, the patience of a saint is, okay, the bank book of Ken Griffin. I would have been just fine, but I've neither, you know, so I'm still just fine, but. Yeah. But the, the worst part about it is actually, you wait all this time 
And I gotta tell you, you really wanna be like, ha, fucking ha, ha, ha. None of you guys were geniuses. You just had like balls long the 30 year treasury on and you confused it with having a fucking brain. And if you wanna have any friends left, which we had few to start with, you can't really turn up and be like, ha, 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 you're financially you know what, Freddie, ruined. You know what? I'm not. Freddie, you know what you can't right turn that? up and be like, ha, 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 chin implants are you know hilarious what? either. Freddie, he's still you know, on. Because you never know how many yeah. of them, you know, I, your I, friends I, I, have I, them. So it just sucks. I like, Freddie, I had that conversation. <laughs> is how many times over the years have you heard, oh, that guy's smart. That guy's smart. That guy's smart. And it turns out oh to be they just had the Fuck they just had the, the Fed on their side, and they needed right. the momentum. I'll tell you who I have to give credit to is Kotu. Yes, only down twenty no, percent, which is that. very impressive. They sold out. I think he's done well for in America for a Frenchman. He sold out. Uh, I think he sold like around November, December. You know, to be able to ride it for all those years and then bail out within months. Yeah, it's amazing. It, that, it's that's pretty impressive. I, I actually like. We poke fun a lot of those that complex of companies, but like it genuinely is quite impressive. You know what's not super impressive? The allocators who put money with Chase Coleman in twenty twenty one. What is super impressive? Chase fucking Coleman's gardener's bank account. That dude is probably fuck you, Rich. He's so, oh, by the way, he's I don't rich. Know, man. You know I what? think the allocators he's, he's a fucking I, wasp. Listen. I, I think the allocators. Yeah, uh, it's a great name. I yeah. mean, it, it's just a fight. Like, that was. Awesome that, you know, they, they should have just handed him the multi billion dollar check upon, you know, the, his By parents the way, filing the birth name awesome. certificate. Really? Yeah. Big, huh. good, waspy, good. Well, just everything about him. He's like the anti me. Is he saying he hates wasps? <laughs> I, I, I'm jealous. I mean, I think I don't he know. Is. Fuck him. God bless him. But is he is he old enough to know if it's truly good hair? Because a lot of those other guys are older and they've had you know some stress. No, he keeps he keeps with. a very low profile chase, and uh, it's that old money in him. God bless him, whatever. You know, I, I sat with dude. The he built the most amazing fucking business. I'll tell you ever. something. And now now we're so late in the program that if you're if you're really still watching this, anyone, you deserve to hear this story because I find it one of my tells. Carson, I'll tell you, back in the days when things mattered, I'd go to a fund. If I was short a stock, I'd find who was long the stock. And this is before there was a whole short seller anger. And I could make meetings with them. And this is a whole – and I sat with Tiger Global. And it was on Zillow. And they owned a big piece of it. And I was short Zillow. And they sat with the analyst uh, who – first of all, you know, their offices are just spectacular. You go like the – the, the, my God, beyond overlooking the park, freaking rows, and everyone, everyone's a valedictorian. Like, imagine 40 valedictorians sit at computers overlooking Central Park in an art gallery, and that's their offices, right? All the beautiful, like 19%, you know, 18%, less than the SP, like, whatever. It's almost intimidating. I admit, I get it, I was a little intimidated. So you sit in the office, and then I always have one thing. I lay out my case, I hear their case, and then I, whenever I did it with the, the guy who owned the stock, I always said one thing. I said, so, at the end, are we going to agree to disagree or am I just plain out fucking wrong? If they said to me, we're going to agree to disagree, then I'm right. If they said to me, no, you're just wrong. You don't get it. Then there's a good chance I'm wrong. You know, that they know, I don't know, I'm going to go cover. So I'm at Zillow and this guy who bought it for Chase, he was young. I mean, I, I mean, this kid must be like 27 years old, the most arrogant little prick, Wharton, 
Cho, whatever this kid, he was just beyond arrogant. He knows he's beyond. I can't even tell you how arrogant he was. He knew nothing. And then I said to him, I said, can we agree to disagree or, or, or am I wrong? He goes, you know what, Andrew? I guess we're just going to agree to disagree on this one. And sure enough, because the Fed, the stock went up and then everything worked out, stock went lower. I think they sold it at a loss, whatever it was, but fucking Chase Coleman Tiger, you know, whatever. Did you, did you say that analyst's name was Joe? No, Joe ran the short book there. That guy. He was a nice guy. Right. I didn't okay. mind. I didn't okay. mind it. No, okay. I, I think what I respect about it is they hired good people for many years, which is a skill in and of itself. And they created this FOMO that just meant like people would throw bucket loads of money and totally overlook that like maybe a $10 billion VC fund is going to struggle to put up real numbers. And they just did it with such fucking style and created such an aura around it. Now it's obviously ended poorly. So I, I don't really blame them. I mean, I got to tell you, if we're doing this podcast in 12 to 14 years time and Carson and I are flying on separate G6s Clearly. and people are being with, like... With room in the cargo hold for the Cayenne. <laughs> exactly. And, and people are lining up to give us like $10 billion, which means you are guaranteed to make $200 million a year for the next it's 10 years. The, num- like 10 the numbers are just ungodly. It's ungodly. Yeah, and, and someone wants to write mean articles about me on Bloomberg, I'll be like, yeah, I'm fucking winning, like, <laughs> big time. And that's what everyone misses. You know, the I respect him. I gotta say, Chase, they had, a, they had a shitty year and everything else like that, but he made a comment. You know, I think Gabe folded shop, whatever. But Chase is like, he wants to make his investors his money back. And as crazy as it sounds, and I don't know the guy at all, it keeps him up at night, I guarantee it. You know, he wants to find a way to make it. Does that one, one year, two years? But I guarantee, and without even knowing, and I could be so wrong, I bet you he's probably more engaged now than he's ever been. And he's kicking himself for not being as engaged last year, going, how the fuck did we ever make that investment? And why did we never sell that? And I actually think there's got to be, because you get to a point, I gotta be, there's got to be ego involved. I could be wrong. Well, do you think he really asks those questions? I mean, the answer is, why did we do this? Because we were just super fucking. No, but you say, like, listen. For all of our for all of our bagging for all of our bagging on people who are just long beta or been long beta and made all this money playing momentum stocks or whatever, um, the reality is nobody here was doing that in a big way. You might have been doing it some, but on the short side, where we all think really know that we're so smart. And we look at these people on the other side who we think have been, a lot of them have been, you know, complete morons, but have done so well. They at least got the memo. So I guess, no, but does you Chase know really no, ask no. why did we I'll, buy this? You bought it because I'll disagree it, with that. it worked in the last, in the paradigm that was in effect at what the time. What sucks about the long side, this is why I actually like Stan Druckenmiller. He's just like, yeah, I'm balls long beta. I don't know, next week I might not be like, he he's understands so good. You, you know what it is? What he's Carson, long. I'm not going to say... The person's name, but there's a guy named, it's the size of a drug miller. I sat with him. He was a friend, one of the biggest guys out there. And I couldn't understand about a stock that was going down. He looked at me and he said, oh, you don't get it. I go, what? He said, it's just a fucking game. 
And I was like, oh my God, here I am, like thinking, this company will never earn this much in 2023 or in 2016. What are they thinking about? And the analyst, and he, you know, I'm like trying to get all academic. And this is the guy that size of drug He just looked at me, he's like, he's kind of laughing, like, oh, like no one let you in on this. The whole thing's a game. And he said it to me. I went over and looked at my wife. I'm like, oh my God, fuck. Here I am thinking this is real. It's just a fucking game. And it's, that's the truth. And the game turned. And this is where, now if you're really this late in this fucking watch and you're still watching this, God bless you, you really deserve this. I, person, I thought about this like fucking a month ago. You know, being a short seller, there's one word, Freddie, everyone wants to know. What's the catalyst? What's the catalyst? What's the catalyst? What's the catalyst? Right? <laughs> but now, if you own a stock, there's only one question you have to ask if you own a stock. What's the catalyst? Everything by nature is going down. The game has just reversed. Once you got that, if once I understood that, that it's the game and then the game reversed, what's the catalyst? Oh my God, you could have just treated the same way buying a shorting. You know what I'm saying? So if you're a PM right now, even a tiger, and your guy comes to you, you know, your guy's analyst goes, Chase, I think we should be buying this. And what's Chase saying to him? What's the catalyst? But if the guy says, Chase, we should be shorting this. Chase is like, all right, short it. <laughs> How crazy! Why? Because it's just a fucking game. Duh! And by the way, no one has the balls to go on CNBC and when they say it, everybody they have on there and go, oh, so tell me, Scott, why everything? And people go, oh, Scott, you don't get it. It's just a game. The whole thing's just a game. <laughs> but it's true because it's always been a game because going back to when I first learned about the stock market, if you look at like market wizards, the old school when they used to hire people and all that, they hired poker players, game theory people, people who understood the concept of games. Now somehow we start to believe it's real. And Chase, we also like believe. That's how you know the market's getting frothy when we started to believe the shit was real. Then it goes back like, oh, fuck, it shit. Then we like, <laughs> go back to, oh, shit, it's just a game. Amazing. That's... And it and that's one of the things when I started doing this business and I very beginning, I was still living in China. And that's one of the things I really respected about the Chinese is when it comes to the, the stock market is to them, it was always a joke, right? Like it was a game. Yeah. It's just, you know, the certificates swirl around in the ether effectively, you know, no real tether to any fundamental value. And um, yeah, and that's and, and I contrasted that with. Yeah, people back here in the States, I mean, just they'll have this undying faith in, the, in a company and think that that should propel the stock. And it just, well, you know. It's the same thing with like real business bus, like real business people. Like my dad has a retail business and he'll like look at a retail stock and I'll be like, oh, these two things are separate. Like running a business and what a stock does, like one is based mm -hmm. on like whether money will flow in and out of the company and whether you can buy for one or sell for two. And the other is based on some paper swirling around that has nothing to do with anything. It's like, okay, this fund manager's getting outflows. This is happening because of this. This analyst doesn't like this management. It's just a total work of fiction that swirls around. And yeah, it is, it is just a big game. But that's one thing I like about resource stocks, right? Like if you have to get into this yes. world where you, you're buying things that are real, that's as real as it gets in the capital markets. And if you're an allocator and you're still watching, at the, um, <laughs> across the bottom will be... And our GC is going to have a fucking field day because he's got to watch this shit Maybe as well. we'll just bleep this part out. <laughs>
Fuck them all. They're all a bunch of fucking haters. They're all a bunch of haters. Yeah. Bunch of haters. That's what he said. Yeah. No, it's um. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, we started with, you know, like, the two world wars and Nazis, and we uh, <laughs> kind of right. come back to it. We're going to circle back. <laughs> cool. we've, we've covered a lot, much of which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, no, this is, By the way, this is like no whiteboard. <laughs> All right, awesome seeing you, man. You Thanks so much for doing Thank it. Thanks, so Andrew. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Bye. Cheers.